0: This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. It's the latest edition of the Mark Madden Podcast here on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I'm going to open up with my world-renowned, yet somehow not yet sponsored, top three. And it's going to be top three stupid things from this past weekend. Uh, In ascending order... Number three, the Daytona 500 had 13 extra laps but never really finished. And some guy got declared the winner without crossing the finish line. Boy, NASCAR is so exciting. Number two, Tiger Woods got praised for merely finishing a tournament, even though he finished 45th. He said he could hit the ball okay, he just can't walk the course. You watch... That's a little passive-aggressive campaigning. You watch. They're going to let Tiger use a cart someday so they can keep trotting him out there to finish 45th and keep moving the needle. And number one, the XFL played. Hines Ward Coach San Antonio and lost. They never really gave Hines a chance. Uh, between the NFL, XFL, and USFL, there's going to be pro football for 46 weeks out of 52 this year. The XFL is there so people can bet football. And when you do bet football, be sure to use betrivers.com. And also, pit basketball lost to Virginia Tech and are still not ranked. Let's welcome now my co host, Tom Opperman. Uh, pick one of those topics I just laid out for a bit of additional conversation, whether Daytona 500, Tiger Woods, XFL, pit basketball. The floor is yours.
1: Let's go with the XFL. Did you watch any of the XFL? Of course not. I stopped in for a little bit of the DC Defenders and Seattle Sea Dragons game. It was 9 to 8 heading to halftime. I said that's pretty much exactly what I expected and turned it right off. It's interesting that the spreads on the TV like on the score bug the over-unders on the score bug, it's all gambling-driven.
0: That's the only reason there is an XFL or a USFL.
1: But I do think there's some interesting rules that the NFL's NFL might take a look at, especially the 4th and 15 conversion for an onside kick. I,
0: I like it. Instead of attempting yeah. an onside kick in the 4th quarter, it can only be done in the 4th quarter yes. and only done once per team, instead of trying an onside kick, you can attempt a 4th and 15 play from your own 25, right?
1: Yes, from your own 25, and if you convert it, it's just like you convert it on the drive, so you take the ball over with a new set of downs wherever that conversion happened, and you go down the field and try to score. If you miss, the team gets it on your own 25.
0: Or gets it wherever the ball's down. Yes, exactly. You if know, where, short of the play sticks. Ends, right, because Kenny Pickett would throw short of the sticks. Right,
1: they would go for 4th and 12 when it was 4th and 15.
0: Right, and, and we would blame Matt candidate. No, I like that. I like anything that minimizes kicking, Tom. I, I think that's the... Uh, Worst part of football, the most boring part of football. You do this 4th and fifteen thing, you're bringing real football players out there. Your first string on each side of the ball and running a football play as opposed to all your jabroni special teams guys out there, you know, Uh, hoping for or that there's not a lucky bounce.
1: But I completely agree that you have to put limits to it. It has, like you said, fourth quarter and only once per team because then it just becomes kind of carny, right? Because then it's just be every time Patrick Mahomes is going to go for that fourth and 15 and they're going to get it every time. If
0: you could do it on an unlimited basis, I would try it all the time if I had that kind of quarterback.
1: Yeah, no question. So you have to put limits on it, but the NFL is always about offense and trying to make the end of games exciting and one-score games and a team with a chance to tie or take the lead at the death. And that's just a way to, you know, make those situations happen even more. Because onside kicks never get recovered. Like, 1% of them every year get recovered. If this was a rule, there would be so many games flipped with them converting on that 4th and fifteen. Are,
0: are you an NASCAR fan?
1: No. I didn't watch a second of that. Yeah, like,
0: you heard my explanation of how the Daytona 500 ended. Did you understand that at all?
1: It sounds extremely they bizarre caught, to me. They a double overtime. That's, I saw that on Twitter, too, after the race ended. And I was like, how in the hell does a sport with no clock go into overtime?
0: Well, it, it's they're trying to use a f- term like that to get you know people who I don't know hockey fans. I, I guess I,
1: I guess the other thing that's weird about NASCAR is like there's stages, and if you like win a stage of the race, you get extra points to go towards your total. It, it's very bizarre. It's it's not for me.
0: The other stupid thing about it is it's driving in circles, and a bunch of hicks and hillbillies <laughs> are held in thrall over it. That's what NASCAR is. As I said years ago, if you would start half the cars each going in the opposite direction,
1: oh. I,
0: I, I'd, I'd watch that.
1: Like you had a red team and a blue team? Red cars, blue cars, and see which car was left standing, which You're team like, wins? Yeah, like
0: a demolition derby, like yeah. the Malachi Crunch. I would, I, I would watch that. I, I would watch it once anyway.
1: Because the most exciting part of NASCAR is when they all wreck
0: and the cars go crazy. Look! Look at the Ricky Bobby movie.
1: That's how they should have ended it. They should have gotten out and run to the finish line like Jean Girard and Ricky Bobby.
0: <laughs> that was illegal, and in no way will count. Uh, the the big discussion, of course, Tom, is where the Penguins are at. Uh, as we tape this, they they lost at home three two to the New York Islanders, and what I thought was a crucial game. The Penguins got their starting goalie back. The Islanders were missing half their top six. Yet they somehow found a way. Actually, it was four two. They got the yeah. empty net goal. They found a way to win the game anyway. And uh, the Penguins' next game is against Edmonton, who play exactly like the Penguins do, only younger, better, and faster. Uh, They're one of the few teams that has a better player than Crosby, too, with Connor McJesus. So uh, that does not bode well. Uh, What did you make of that loss to the Islanders? Uh, Tristan Jari, I mean, you know, he leaked in two really bad goals. Well, one was bad angle. One was... Uh, from behind the goal line after his puck handling mistake. And I know he's rusty, but that does not excuse, not when you need points. The, the Penguins this year, all you hear is, we're playing well, we believe in each other, and, and that's very veiled excuse-making, and Jari just wasn't good enough.
1: No, it was incredibly deflating last night. We're recording this today after the game, and but it was something that you saw coming, right? Like, when it was 2-1 Penguins at the end of the second period, did you have any faith they closed that out? The
0: Islanders were more comfortable down a goal than the Penguins were up a goal. Um,
1: and the Islanders, for whatever reason, just have the Penguins' numbers, so it was just like the same movie that we've seen for the past three years when it comes to the Islanders, and the same movie we've seen all year long this year when it comes to blowing leads late, not knowing how to close games out, and then I saw some comments from Gino after the game saying, you know, we have to keep the foot on the acceleration, and we have to keep going and get that next goal, and My always God, like is, get that is, next is, goal. is the
0: foot on the accelerator? That's what
1: I was saying. It was it was two goals that this you put up. This is the up. foot like, on the
0: accelerator? Like, uh,
1: why, were, why were you waving the white flag and trying to protect a 2-1 lead if that's what you were doing. You don't do that when you're up 4-1. So I, it seems like the entire team is just discombobulated right now. With with no hope, by the way, because I just don't know what they're going to do or if they even want to do anything.
0: There's no trade to be made. I'll give you an example of something I'm going to talk about on, on the radio show. Here's a simple trade I'd make. I would trade Brian Dumoulin for third or fourth round pick because Dumoulin's had a little bit of an uptick in play. He's 31. He's a free agent at season's end. He's leaving anyway. Right. And then you put Ty Smith in there. Because the fact of the matter is, if you want your defensemen to all join the rush, they never should have traded Matheson for Petrie, and they should have found a way to keep Ty Smith on the team. But here's the problem with making that trade: there would be pushback in the locker room over it because Dumoulin's an established figure. It is such an nostalgia based culture. It's not about how, what you can do; it's about what you used to do. And you know, it's 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 a get along gang. Even though they they lose, I, I guess they still get along. But I still hearken back to Mario, who didn't yes. care The two of his close friends got traded in coffee and recce in 92 because it meant making the team better. This team, even the Stars, they don't have that killer instinct like Mario did.
1: It's not like you'd be sending Brian Dumlin out to the street, too, and have him have to work at like a McDonald's. He's going to go to a team that's most likely going to need him to make the playoffs and still you, you contend know, you know, for a know, cup. You know,
0: you know who he is? He's Ron Hainsey. Okay, the Penguins got Hainsey in 17. Is, is insurance he ended up having to play? A contender would give up a third or fourth round pick for Dumoulin and just have him you know wait there until he's needed. It just,
1: they need to play Ty Smith, so I would like to open up an opportunity for him to play. But there's just no clear path that Hextall's taking because in some instances you think he's, you know, being very conservative and building towards the future with an eye for the future, but then they brought everybody back in the offseason.
0: He's not conservative, he's not not patient, he just ain't doing nothing. He's
1: just not doing anything? And do you think he's using the cap as an excuse? Because you can get around the cap if you're a good GM.
0: It would not shock me, dude, like, he just doesn't like to do anything. Okay,
1: Like it would take some work to get around it, and that's what he's afraid of.
0: Exactly. Well, not only that, but I think he painted himself intentionally in the cap corner to, to, to put himself where he didn't have to do much. And then
1: you can parade that around as your excuse. Well, I would love to do something if I could, but the cap is our hands Didn't tied. do
0: much in Philly either. This team's barely changed since him and the mystery employee, Brian Burke, took over. I call him the mystery employee because I have no idea what he does. It's just,
1: it's beyond stale at this point. It's to the point where it's so frustrating that they won't try anything. Like, you're losing. You're taking on water. Teams are gaining you. You're not in the playoffs as we do this podcast right now. And they just keep trotting Jeff Carter back out there. Brock McGinn's going to come out on Thursday against the Edmonton Oilers. By, They're going to the do the time, exact but I, same I don't thing. I know who you
0: play instead, Tom.
1: Anybody, right? Like you say, anybody else at this who? point. They keep who? losing. I
0: don't know. They're not going to call up Hallender, guys like that. They probably should. There's they, cap issues if they do that, too. It's just... I, I, I,
1: it's hopeless. It's a hopeless situation, which is why it really it's sucks. as
0: close to hopeless as they've been in, in quite some time. It's also as close to hopeless as you can be when you're only a point out of the playoffs. But, but the thing is, I know what Dunn looks like, and it looks like the Penguins.
1: Yeah, you were saying on your show yesterday that the one thing that you think might be going for the Penguins is that the people behind them just aren't good enough to catch them. I don't know, Florida might turn it on and be better than the Penguins. Florida is
0: good enough to catch
1: And they, Sorokin is good enough, I think, to keep the you Islanders know, in
0: it. I think Sorokin, but then again, having lost Barzal, it, you know. It's it, tough. It, and they, they're missing, you know, Bailey right now. Uh, they're missing Pajot. But
1: that's why you go get a Horvat, right? Carry us for a little bit now.
0: Yeah, and he has. He was great last yeah. night, that's for sure. You know, it's funny, Sorokin made 44 saves last night. I didn't really feel like he stole the game.
1: He stole one from Letang, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that
0: was a great save, but like I, I don't feel like he had to withstand right. all these flurries and just you know get the Islanders two points single-handed. I think he pitched in, don't get me wrong, but I didn't say to myself after the game, boy, if it wasn't for friggin' Sorokin.
1: Right, I agree with that, and also just with an eye to the future, maybe they do squeak into the playoffs this year. The East is just getting so much better. There's so many teams that are on the rise right now. You've got Detroit. You've got Buffalo. I think Ottawa is going to be good next year. They're so young. Uh, there's a lot of teams that wildcard race is going to get even crowdeder next year. And the Metro guys... Auditor. Is that a word?
0: More crowded, no. Uh, not a word. Duquesne Education. <laughs> Ditto. Uh, <laughs> but at least I knew it wasn't a word. Uh, well, you're a super genius. Yeah, uh, I... Next year, here's what I've been saying. And
1: the top three in the Metro ain't going anywhere, do you think, right? Rangers, Hurricanes, and Devils should no, be there for a no, while. No,
0: they'll get better. Yeah. And here's, here is you know who else going to get better is, is Detroit and Buffalo. Yes. Uh, And I, I don't think they'll catch the Penguins this year. I don't think the Penguins will catch them next year.
1: No, I don't think so either. But I do think the Penguins could get caught this year by, like, Florida or New York, which they're in the rearview mirror of those teams as we speak right now.
0: Real quick, what was your take on the scrum? Uh, I give Zucker credit. He looked like a Tasmanian devil. Gino was punching people in the head. Letang uh, was pissed. But you know what? Uh, Those three guys fighting, two were stars.
1: And the Islanders were scrubs. Yeah. So they take that trade off every single day of the week.
0: Well, especially Zucker getting the misconduct.
1: Zucker has a pulse. The three stars have a pulse. Other than that, who could you really say for sure has a pulse every single night? And that's the big problem with the team.
0: Among many, uh, let's go to five guys. What do you got today, Tom?
1: Five guys. We're going to do Seinfeld supporting characters. I know that '70s show is your go-to for like rerun shows. I watch but Seinfeld it's all Seinfeld the time. up there yeah, too? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's one of the best shows ever made, in my opinion. Number five for me, I'm going Tim Watley, the dentist, played by Brian Cranston. Tremendous uh, character.
0: Mostly because he was played by Brian Cranston.
1: His arc too is incredible converting to Judaism just for the jokes. Then also when he gets his ears pierced and he becomes like the party guy and he's having relations with his assistant on Jerry while he's passed out with the gas.
0: Oh, that's just right. It's a great
1: arc for a character.
0: Yeah, and and uh, I just think it's great that Brian Cranston, who who you know established himself as an all-time great actor with Breaking Bad, did funny stuff like that, does funny stuff now like Walter White in yes. the Chips commercial, um, but he still does the serious Your Honor. I, I just think he's... An all-time great actor.
1: Yeah, great range, and he was great as the dad in Malcolm in the Middle, too. I don't know if you watched that show at all. I I did not. He was great in it, and I'm sure you could believe that. I won't watch it. Number four, Uncle Leo. Hello. Hello Jerry.
0: Yeah, kind of one-dimensional.
1: Yeah, but a great dimension.
0: Did, did the same gimmick every time, but yeah, he, he's he's on the list. I might rank Tim Watley above him, but this isn't about order. This is about the five guys. The best
1: Uncle Leo moment is she's on a very fixed income when it comes to the grandma on the telephone. He,
0: Stop the show! Was that the grandma who like thought Jerry was having money troubles because Because
1: Kramer told him to cash the checks that he just let sit in his drawer for years and years and years. Oh no, no,
0: but and she got overdrawn, right? Yeah. She she
1: got overdrawn, so she had to go down to the bank.
0: Yeah, you, you're well, more versed in this than I am. Go ahead. What else you got?
1: All right, number three, I got Jackie Childs, the lawyer.
0: <laughs> he was tremendous.
1: Especially in the episode where Stan the caddy tells her to try the bra on, Sue Ellen Lipsky. Oh,
0: the takeoff on the O.J. Yeah, Simpson Yeah, exactly.
1: Thing. And he's like, why would he try the brawn? Why are you listening to Stan the caddy? Great I, I, character. I
0: also liked uh, the smoking case. Uh, your face is my case.
1: All right, number two.
0: And so clearly a knockoff of Johnny Cochran, Yes, too. yes. Number two. Even the look.
1: Jay Peterman. He, tremendous. Can't get better than Jay Peterman, except for the guy who's better than Jay Peterman on my list.
0: The, the, the best Jay Peterman was when Elaine went to find him in Burma.
1: <laughs> he was in, like, that hut.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he was, like, like, doing the Aaron Rodgers <laughs> darkness retreat gimmick. There's,
1: like, smoke all around him. And he's, like, pouring a sponge on top of his body to wash off.
0: Did he ultimately, uh, fire Elaine?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. That's a blind spot for me. I think so. They all get fired at some point.
0: Cuz remember when Elaine uh, ate the ancient wedding cake? Was that Jay Petermans? <laughs>
1: I think it was Petermans. And she
0: replaced it with an Edmunds cake. <laughs> that was like like you know what you know what like I didn't like the last uh, the two part of the last episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah, Belly. it was a tough ending. I thought it tried too hard, but it did it did reinforce the theme of the show. It was a show about nothing, but it was a show that reflected their total narcissism. Yes. They had total, unending, uninterrupted narcissism.
1: It's also a show that's so unique in the fact that all four of the main leads are all antagonists. None of them are protagonists. That's There's true. no redeeming qualities for any of them. They're just bad people in general.
0: And and number one?
1: I'm sure you could guess this. Newman. Hello, Newman.
0: You know what? The reason I didn't see it coming, I think of Newman as a...
1: That's what I thought, too. Maybe he could be considered a main. A cast member. Yeah, especially as the show went later on into its years. But in the early episodes, as that just throw-in guy, he was tremendous.
0: I liked him in the frozen yogurt episode. (laughs) That was pretty good. He
1: got so, he's like crying at the table at the end. You just had to ruin it, didn't you, Jerry?
0: Right, because they found out that the it ogre not did in fact yeah. have fat in it. Okay, though, so there's five guys. Um, by the way, I was talking about the absurd stuff that happened over the past weekend, Tom. I almost forgot another absurdity. Some white dude who doesn't play in the NBA won the dunk contest at the All-Star Game. I wonder what Dr. J thinks.
1: Everybody who was there was loving it. I did watch some of the okay, highlights.
0: Okay, but then it's not the NBA dunk contest.
1: It's not the NBA dunk it's contest. It's some
0: random white dude dunk contest. Mac
1: McClung dunk contest. He was throwing down, no question about that. But, yeah, he's a G League player who I think's played, like, two career NBA games. I mean, there used to be a time when, like, Jordan and Dominique would participate in the dunk contest. We well, you know
0: who ruined the dunk contest? The first guy to refuse to do it was LeBron. LeBron
1: James. Which, why, you'd think guy who's trying to chase down Jordan in every aspect, he would at least do it early on in his career and get that trophy.
0: LeBron is the most self-important athlete, perhaps, in history. He's even more self-important than Michael Jordan. With that self-importance... Michael Jordan was an arrogant jerk, but LeBron Jordan is just, you know, I'm going to do what's best for LeBron Jordan every single time. I will not entertain beyond what benefits me directly.
1: Which is why I'm still kind of surprised that he didn't do it in the early years, because that kind of does benefit him directly. If he wins the dunk contest as an 18-year-old kid, I'm not saying he still does it when he's in his 30s, but early on he should have He done never it. did it
0: once, did Not he? once. Imagine the arrogance to refuse to do that when you're 18. When you're 18, fresh out of the league, because you
1: know the league was asking him. He was the hottest thing around.
0: Then again, Alice Cooper did say, I'm 18 and I can do what I want. And that includes not being in the dunk contest. Uh, Yeah, the dunk contest is passe because the the top guys don't do it. And there's never been any... Do they still do the three-point contest? They do the
1: three-point contest, and that's actually where some stars will end up into it. Like Damian Lillard won it this year. I'm sure you've heard of that name. Jason Tatum was in it. I'm sure you've heard of that name. No
0: point in it since Larry Bird retired. Larry Bird made it into a blood feud. He made it into a world (laughs) war. He made you embarrassed to be in it against him. That's what Larry Bird was at every aspect of life. He was just that
1: kind of a, a killer.
0: Yeah, and, and, what, what do you say? Y'all are playing for second. Who's playing for second?
1: He'd always used to say that, too. And one of his famous quotes, too, is he would go up to a coach and just be like, you can't guard me with these white boys. Like, you better get some of these white boys off of me because they can't guard me.
0: Now, do you like home run derby in baseball at the All-Star Game? I think, I think you know what ruined that? Home runs in the actual games in Major League Baseball became passe. Yeah,
1: you see the mammoth home run when you go to a game now. There's no need to go to the home run derby to see these 500-foot moon shots. Giancarlo Stanton's doing that every weekend for the Yankees. Aaron Judge is doing that every weekend. I like that they did a bracket format now. I think that helps it a little bit. You get like a head-to-head matchup kind of thing going. Instead bit. of just swinging away and seeing who has the most home runs. But I don't watch, the, I don't watch any of the All-Star games anymore. As no, a kid, I used do I. to love them, nor do but I. I never watch them anymore.
0: I mean, the Pro Bowl thing with flag football, all the NHL... Idiocy! The skills competition, the dunk tank. Yeah, I'm done with that crap. Didn't watch any of it at all this year. I mean, there's like
1: 182 points scored by a team in the NBA All Star game this year. They're just running up and down the court. And throwing oh, that it was played hay. already. Yeah.
0: Okay. I I, I guess I should have known that, considering I knew there was a dunk contest with the uh, with uh, Woody Harrelson. Uh, what was Woody Harrelson's name in? Uh, oh, in white Billy Man Hoyle. can't jump. Yeah, Billy Ho. <laughs> Um, Another dumb thing they're, they're talking about outlawing The rugby scrum in football The Eagles quarterback sneak Where the where Hurts gets pushed from behind Why are they outlawing that? I mean it works Are they going to outlaw what works? It's a fun play You know what they're worried about though? Sean Payton said he'll do it every play And I don't think he would Except maybe once to prove a point But what does he care?
1: I don't think Russell Wilson is as good as Jalen Hurts at doing that either. Jalen Hurts is a very strong lower body runner of the football. That's true. It's not just about the people pushing Hurts forward. Hurts is incredible at it too. Yeah. I don't like punishing a team because they're just so individually great at something. It's like in baseball banning the shift. I guess you got to do it, but why can't the hitters learn to beat it themselves? Why do you have to assist? Why can't the defense learn to stop the rugby Baseball had
0: to ban the shift because it was ruining the game. Okay, uh, and that's like I, I I totally agree. Like if Ted Williams would have seen that shift and they did shift he beat on him it every time, but every no no he wouldn't. He was stubborn. He'd try to really? he'd try to hit through it. Yeah, but every once in a while he'd bunt to prove a point or just slap a single to left field. But then again, you have these guys slapping a single to left field instead of you know driving the ball to right. Right. Uh, uh, so so um I just think it became too too. Um, Everybody did it to every hitter. Everybody had a book on every hitter, and they, they put three guys on whatever side of the infield for every hitter. And it that was just ruining
1: the sport. Became,
0: yeah. yeah, it became, well, just cutting the offense down and forcing teams to be more reliant on home runs. Not that that's going to change.
1: Yeah, like as a kid, if I was watching a game on TV and the batter rocketed one right past the pitcher, 10 times out of 10, I was like, that's a hit right up the middle. Now it's always an out because there's a guy standing right behind second base.
0: I'll give an example. The last dot in the 1971 World Series... Uh, Merv Rettman from the Baltimore Orioles hit what everybody thought was a single up the middle. And for some reason, it's weird because Rettman was a right-handed hitter, but the shortstop was playing right behind second base. Jackie Hernandez and threw him out easily. Just had
1: it. Wow, perfect positioning. One more thing on the rugby scrum, though. It's not on the league to say, wow, the Eagles are really great at this. We need to outlaw it. It's on 31 other defensive coordinators to take this offseason to figure out how can we stop this.
0: I don't know how you stop it, though. But don't forget, you're only getting like three, four yards at a time. Right. Nobody's going to do it every play. Keep
1: them out of fourth and short, and they won't do it.
0: You know what I would like to see, by the way, instead of the home run derby? I'd like to see the line drive right back up through the friggin' middle derby. And you win when you kill the batting practice pitcher.
1: Okay. No fence in front of them.
0: That's right. Exactly. Let's get to good cop, bad cop. What do right, you got?
1: Good cop, bad cop are Brian Cox characters.
0: Oh, this is good.
1: The good cop is obviously just Captain O'Hagan. He's very literally a good cop in Super Yes. yes. And for my bad cop... Have you ever seen the movie The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville where they fix the Special Olympics? Yes, yes. He plays the uncle, Uncle Gary. I watched this recently. That's one of the most despicable characters in movie history. Uncle Gary, the one who wants to fix the Olympics. How can you put Uncle
0: Gary ahead of his character from Succession?
1: Never seen Succession.
0: Never seen Succession. Don't watch Succession. What makes you feel qualified to do this this good, bad (laughs) guy? Because I love Brian Brian Cox. Cox. No, believe me, the character in Succession. Way eviler. Is that a word? It, it more evil yes absolutely more evil i love what about brian coxson mcdonald's commercials <laughs> yeah like i don't know if he's good bad indifferent but it's kind of
1: well he's bad cop in the new budweiser commercials for judge or michelob ultra commercials for oh, judge Snails, yeah. yeah
0: yeah okay um in the time we have left uh can you name one xfl player
1: yeah i actually can ben dinucci
0: Former new, Pitt quarterback. Former Pitt
1: quarterback. And yeah. did he go
0: to someplace else to to because Pitt wasn't using him?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh man, like Old Dominion, James Madison. James you know, one Madison was one it was, James yeah. Madison.
0: And uh, Mart- is it Martavis Bryant? Tav- for Martavis
1: somebody? Bryant's in the league. I think A.J. McCarron. Do you remember the quarterback that had the super hot girlfriend that Brent Musburger was drooling over was in the, the national championship? Tav- yeah, he? he was. He played in the game that uh, Perfect went crazy in. I think. Um,
0: I think you're right. Yeah, I think, I think he was you're the right. because I, I
1: think he- Dalton was out.
0: I wonder what, you know, we talk about betting on the XFL using, of course, betrivers.com. Of course. Uh, I wonder what the over-under is for number of drug tests flunked by Martavis Bryant. <laughs> and I wonder what the XFL's drug policy is.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a drug policy in the Maybe
0: X stands for ecstasy. You know
1: what? Josh Gordon's in the league, too. So there's is th- he really? Yeah, so there's definitely not a drug policy.
0: If you're a guy like Josh Gordon and to some extent Martavis Bryant, how could you just let Untold millions slip through your fingers to smoke pot.
1: Yeah, it's very tough to understand where they're coming from because it's a stupid rule that they can't smoke pot in the NFL, and it's obviously not really a rule anymore. But it was a rule for them, and millions and millions of dollars. And by the way, like... You had to smoke every day, really, to fail in the NFL. Like players said, it's easy to get around. You just don't smoke during the season. They don't really test you in the off season. You can go crazy when you go down to Cabo in June. You but, almost like, have to
0: smoke in front of them. That's to flunk it, the right. Test. Like you have to
1: be coming into the locker room high for them to be like, "You're going to flunk this test."
0: By the way, the Brian, you know, you know what else Brian Cox played? He played Churchill in a movie.
1: Not, I never saw that. Not, movie.
0: not he played. Who who did that movie? Was it a cable movie? It was just called Churchill okay uh the the one with Gary Oldman finest hour uh which was a, a relatively big hit that was uh uh Gary Oldman and that was like the Battle of like not um, uh the the, the the Dunkirk uh evacuation, the okay. Battle of Britain like holding off a potential invasion whereas the Brian Cox thing was the was the whole it was more Churchiller. Like you just away. kind of
1: followed him around, really. I don't know. Like I just biopic. want to use the
0: word churchiller. Uh, that is Tom Offerman. I am Mark Madden. This is the Mark Madden Podcast, and you are listening to the Bet Rivers Pod the Churchiller, Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, BetRivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.